2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1 through 10. Let's start in verse 1. It is doubtless not profitable for me to boast. I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago, whether in the body I do not know, or whether out of the body I do not know, God knows, such a one was caught up to the third heaven. And I know such a man, whether in the body or out of the body I do not know, God knows, how he was caught up into paradise and heard inexpressible words, which is not lawful for a man to utter. Of such a one I will boast, yet of myself I will not boast except in my infirmities. For though I might desire to boast, I will not be a fool, for I will speak the truth, but I refrain, lest anyone should think of me above what he sees me to be or hears from me, and lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations. A thorn in the flesh was given to me, a, measure, uh, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that I might depart uh, it, that it might depart from me. And he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly I would rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in, in uh, infirmities and in reproaches and needs and persecution and distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. And so by way of reminder, Paul's been battling, if you would, false teachers and false accusations. These false teachers had come in after Paul to the church in, in Corinth and were uh, trying to uh, distract, if you would, persuade uh, the, the Corinthian Christians that Paul isn't who he says he is, didn't have the credibility that he said he had, and so there's all these accusations against him. And one of the things that was happening was this. And one of the things that you, you might know that happens so often is this. Lies, even though they're lies, if they're said often enough by more and more people, they become truth, right? Does that make sense? Like not that they are truth, but they become truth in everybody's eyes. And so the fact of the matter is this was being said so much that the Corinthian church was believing what was uh, being said about Paul simply because it had been said so much so often by these people. And because it had been repeated, uh, Paul had to battle this thing. In the last chapter, he talked about how um, I don't want to boast, but I'm going to. And he starts sharing about his life. Again, he's always talked about his credibility and how God sent him and how God led him and all this other stuff. But in that, it's always been that these false teachers were saying, listen, Paul... You know what, Paul, listen, he's all talking and, and, and talks tough when he writes and, and everything else, but in person he's weak and, and look at him and, and, and all that other stuff and literally physically look at him like he's not even strong and it's all, it's all in writing and, 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 and things like that. And so these are the things that were being infiltrated into the mind of the church. And so what Paul says is, I want to share what God has done in my life. And in that sharing and stuff, there was this idea behind the fact that, hey, God is doing amazing things. And it says in verse uh, 1, it says, it is doubtless not profitable for me to boast. The word doubtless, he speaks, is it's necessary, but not profitable. It's necessary because 
you guys are hearing this and hearing this and hearing this and starting to believe this. And it's interesting because today I was having a conversation with somebody recently and we're talking about news sources and how they um, post headlines and things like that. Every one of them seems to have a bias. Every one of them has a spin in the headline to make it sound like what they believe or what they lean towards or whatever. It never usually shows the whole truth and stuff. They try to write something to kind of catch you, trying to draw you in and, and, and so on, and whether it's the truth or not. And so in this passage, it says, It's doubtless not profitable for me to boast. I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. And so what he's saying is, as I come to these things, I want to speak and begin to speak of spiritual experiences that, that God has done over the years. But one of the things that we need to keep in mind is that spiritual experiences often come at a price. And Ethan uh, shared on uh, Wednesday about Abraham and Isaac. Lord blessed him with a son. It took 25 years for that promise to happen. And Hebrews 11 verse 12 says that Abraham was as good as dead when Sarah conceived and because they were old. And yet God supplied the need. Remember that God told Abraham, go, go sacrifice your son. And the Lord offered that. But then when you, you see the idea of serving God and and, and what it takes, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Daniel uh, thrown in the fire furnace, Daniel thrown in the lion's den, so many other things where the, that experience with the Lord. I don't know if any of you have experienced things where it's like the more you feel like, okay, God, I want to go deeper with you, and then crazy things happen in your life. Um, and it seems like these things are distractions. It seems like, okay, here's one more thing, you know, and then there's things where it's like um, last summer um, our air conditioner broke and there's what they call a con condensation pump and it's supposed to send the water out of the house and instead it sent all the water into my daughter's room and flooded it and we had to turn it into insurance. I was crazy. Well, this week on Tuesday night I got home and uh, the back bathroom, the toilet was leaking. Not really the toilet. You know, there's like a, the fresh water hose that goes from the wall to the toilet. That hose was leaking. And so I changed it, my father and I, because I couldn't get it off, and we changed it. And then he's a home inspector, so he has these, like, meters and so. And, and long story short, we had to tear out half the drywall underneath the toilet and around the bathroom and stuff. And then this week we have some mold specialists coming in to, to uh, remediate our bathroom and stuff because there was mold. And we're just like, okay, one more thing, one more thing. And it's just like we, it's like I, I feel like I can't. You know that saying, like, I can't win. Like, one more thing. And you ever get so, like, almost stressed out where it's like, you, instead of getting mad, you start laughing? <laughs> like, you know what I'm talking about? I was like, okay. <laughs> like, instead of getting freaking out, like, it's this almost hilarious. Like, it, okay, like, am I on hidden camera show? Like, am I being pranked? Am I being punked? Like, why is it that there's something? It's always something. And then there's times where it's like, um, uh, going on a mission trip, going on a mission trip or going to camp and stuff. Like, it's funny. Some of the people I work with here know, like, some of the leaders might remember, like, I forget it was a mission trip or camp. Like, all of a sudden, like, my garage door breaks. Like, the, the hinges broke, the cables broke, all this other stuff. And it's like, my garage is, like, 
tilted like this, can't open it, can't close it, all this other stuff. And I'm like, and it's like, I got to go. Like, literally, we were going to leave for camp or whatever it was. And it was like, uh, what do I do? Luckily, my family lives close, and they helped my wife and got taken care of. But there's always something. Camp, I go up to camp, I'm about to speak, and all of a sudden, I'm having, like, I don't have asthma attacks, and I get an asthma attack. And it's like, wait, like what's going on? Why is this happening? And, and, you know, one of the things is this, like, you, you trip out and you see how God meets us in these places and stuff. And yet what Paul is declaring here, and he starts off by saying, by revelation, by vision, how God spoke to him. And you think about the fact in the book of Acts, if you guys remember chapter 9, when Saul becomes Paul, or God changes his name to Paul, he takes him and he says, listen, I'm going to send a guy to you named Ananias, and Ananias is going to speak to you and tell you some things, and you got to hear him. And, and if you remember the story, the whole thing with Ananias was like, God told Ananias, go, go see Paul. He's like, no. <laughs> He's like, this guy kills people like me. Like, why would I go talk to him? He's like, God's like, he's one of us now. Like, go talk to him. Go give him a message for me. And, and so that takes place and stuff. And you see over and over how God's hand is in the midst when we're serving him. And you see this experience that God allows but there's always a price. There seems to be a, a payment, a depth, a, a cost to serving God. And um, I was told years ago in ministry, if you want to go deep with God, you got to go through deep things. And it's one of those things that, like, you don't understand until you go through things. And, and like, the grace of God. It isn't until you need grace and, and ex that you experience the grace of God, you're like, oh, <laughs> oh, I get it now. Like, that's the grace of God. Like, does this make sense? Like, wow, Lord, like, you love me even though I'm a knucklehead, even though I make dumb mistakes and all that stuff, and you've shown yourself so real to me, and, you, and, and so on. And so when we look at these passages and stuff, one of the things we have to be reminded of, Paul didn't want to boast in of itself, and he, the, one of the things he was reluctant of was to say, like, oh, look at me. But we like to do that, don't we? Again, take a, take a group picture. And uh, w when it comes out and somebody posts it, who's the first person you look for if you're in it? It's you, right? What was I wearing? Why was I wearing that? What was I thinking? What does my face look like? Oh, my, you know, all this stuff. And we do these things. And there's something about, like, accomplishments or getting recognition uh one of my friends his son is a model right now and his son just posted a picture the other day of him in downtown la and you guys know how like they don't just use billboards like they put billboards like on they paint them on the sides of buildings so it's a picture of him painted on the side of the building like the whole like five ten story building like it's him and so there's a picture of him and then uh, behind him is him and it's like I, I thought about that going, that would, like, if it was me on a building, it'd probably be most wanted or something. No, no, like, but, but it's like, oh, can you imagine seeing yourself on a building like that? Would you, like, go, don't go over there, or would you take people over there? Would you let people know, like, that that's you, or would you, like, just ignore it? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, kind of like, it's kind of cool, right? Like, I'm on a building. You want people to know, right? And, and, and so you, you, you do that. 
But what Paul is saying is, I don't want to boast in of myself. I, that's not the thing that I'm about. God has used me. God is great. Like I've been trying to tell you guys everything I've done. Haven't I pointed you to Jesus? Haven't I been an example to you of somebody who loves God and somebody who wants you to love God? And yet, because of these false teachers and because of their false narrative, because of their accusations, I'm having to stand up and tell you guys who I am and boast in who I am. Do you guys notice, like, when, whether it's here at church or someplace else, whenever there's a guest speaker, they usually write their own bio, their accomplishments. Well, this person's known for doing this, and they wrote 20 books, and you know they've spoken to this people and this that, and and there's this whole fluff behind it, right? And and what they're trying to do is get you to understand, like, this is why you want to hear me, because I'm great, and I've done all these things. And what Paul goes, what you want to hear me is because I have Jesus, and I want to give you Jesus, and He's given me the authority to speak on his behalf and tell you about his love, his grace, and mercy. Now, the interesting thing about this is that he goes on to say in verse 2, he says, I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago, whether in the body or, or, or not, I don't know. And, and so here's the thing. A lot of scholars try to say, well, maybe he died for a little bit and went to heaven. Maybe when he was stoned to death, uh, he was unconscious and he went to heaven. What Paul says and what we know is he doesn't know. <laughs> and that's, that's what happened. Uh, we don't know. Maybe God showed it to him when he was like actually got to heaven and we can find out when we get there. But and Paul didn't know, so we don't know. But it says 14 years ago. And Paul is obviously speaking about himself as this unidentified man. And he's going to talk about his thorn in his flesh later, verse 7 on. But as he's talking about this, he says, I can't say if this was a body experience, a soul experience, or what went to heaven, how that all happened, I don't know. It says he was caught up in paradise. And as he was caught up, the word caught up means seized violently or rapture. He was taken somehow to paradise. Now, paradise, and it talks about this third heaven, and in the scriptures, it talks about the three different heavens, if you would. One being like our sky, one being like the stars in the universe, and third heaven being heaven, what we know of God's dwelling place where the throne is and stuff, heaven. In Psalm 123, verse 1, it says, I lift up my eyes to you, to you whose throne is in heaven. So again, paradise. Paradise is a synonym for heaven. It says in Luke 23, verse 43, Jesus promised the repentant thief a place in paradise. Revelation 2, 7, that uh, he says, He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him that overcomes, uh, will, I eat, uh, will I give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of paradise of God. He was caught up. And he heard what was inexpressible words, verse 4, which were not lawful for a man to utter. Interesting, there'll be, I wonder what that was. Most scholars, basically human words were inadequate to describe or explain what he had heard. And so when he gets into this in verse 5, he says, Of such a one I will boast, yet of myself I will not boast except in my infirmities. 
Why am I infirmities? Again, because these false teachers can say, look at me, look at how strong we are, look at our presentation. And Paul could say, oh, really? Like, look at all that God has done, and you're calling me weak. Look at what God has done. So one of the things I want to express to you guys this morning is this. One of the things that makes me sad is um, Christians who are um, Eeyores. I'm not good enough. I can't do it. You know, all this other stuff. And it's like, no, 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 wait a minute. If you have that mindset, you're in a perfect place to step up and say, God, use me. This is what like Ethan shared on Wednesday. And if you didn't hear it, like when we post it, you got to hear, you know, where he says, here I am. Here I am, Lord. Send me. Here I am, Lord. Use me. Here I am, Lord. I want to be available. Again, it's not about being up in front of people and being the best speaker or, you know, this thing or that thing. It's about being uh, approachable, being loved. It's about you and I sharing with people on our at our schools and our sports teams, at our work, and our you know, band, whatever you might do. You have an opportunity that God has given to you to share His love and grace and mercy with people. And you have the ability and you have the know-how. And you might think, well, I'm not good enough. Why? Why aren't you? I don't know what I would say. Well, exactly. That's where the Lord will come in and, and help you if you allow Him. A lot of you know a lot more than you think you do. And you'll be surprised what you remember and what you'll be able to share even when you don't realize it. So when he boasted in his infirmities, what he wanted to do was magnify God's power. Colossians chapter 1, verse 28 and 29, we proclaim him admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone perfect in Christ. To this end I labor, struggling with all energy, which so powerfully works in me. And so in other words, what he's saying is, man, imagine God working. It's one of those things. It's a trip, you guys. I have to say it like this. There are times where I feel this physically sick and I get up and share anyway. And I feel like, oh, this is going to be horrible. And I have people coming up to me like, oh, that was amazing. I have other times where I feel great. I feel like this is going to be a good study. And it's like crickets. Like nobody's like, oh, I didn't get anything out of it. Like, okay, Lord. It's really a testament of like, in our weakness, he's strong. God, take control. God, lead us. God, use us. And so one of the things that I want to share with you, like notice verse 6. For though I might desire to boast, I will not be a fool, for I will speak the truth. But I refrain, lest anyone should think of me above what he sees me to be or hears from me. He goes, I want you to see Christ in me. I want you to see what God is doing and what God has done. See, it's easy for us to give into temptation to be like, look at me. Oh, look at how great I am. Can you imagine what it'd be to have your name in lights? I watched, a, 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 I saw an a Instagram post the other day where um, in New York's uh, Times Square, and it was an advertisement for uh, worship, for elevation worship and um Maverick City, they were doing a combined thing. And it was like, I don't know if it was real or not, but it was on, I think it was real. Like it was an advertisement that they paid for or whatever. It was on one of the big electric billboard things in Times Square. And I was like, that's kind of cool. But then I'm thinking, if that was me, 
Like if I'm like on this big billboard at Times Square and it's like, oh, everyone, look at me. I've arrived. Like, come check me out. Come hear me play. Come hear me sing. Come hear. It's easy for us to boast in of ourselves. It's easy for us to like, look at me. Look at my talent. Look at my ability. Look at what I can do. And what Paul's saying is, watch God work in and through me. Watch what God can do to a willing vessel, through a willing vessel. See, we can draw so much attention that we have a cheering section to encourages us that sometimes it's always destructive. One of the things I think that is very dangerous for people in ministry is having a cheering section because it's the same people that will cheer you uh, that will stab you in the back later. <laughs> they will talk trash about you later. It's, it's hard sometimes because I've seen where pastors come out and they get standing ovations from their own congregation. And it's like, be careful. Because you could walk out going, oh, guys. I've heard pastors say things like, you know, I might say, I'm going to say something and you might not like it, but well, I don't know. And just say it, pastor, give it, you know. And all of a sudden he says it. And I'm like, but you're talking to an audience that loves you and supports you and thinks like you. And so, of course, they're going to be, but like, are you creating a church? Are you building people up? Or are you creating a mob? You know what I'm saying? Like, are, you, are we having a mob mindset? Are we having like, hey, guys, listen, here's one of the things. Like, we need to go love people. Man, I wish uh, Nate recorded last week because her answers to some of the questions, it's like, hey, I still want to be your friend. Like when he's like, I still want to be your friend. Can I pray for you? Like to help. Like, I'm like, wait, what? That was a, some of the raddest answers. I was, I was blown away by her answers. I was like, be Christ, love people. I love the fact that she said that the church she went to with her girlfriend, she walked in and they didn't treat her any different than anybody else. And she felt welcome there because they didn't over push her or under push her. She just felt like she was welcomed into a church, heard the gospel and gave her like, I was like, yes, Lord, Lord, help us to be more like that. Like even her, she's like the church didn't waver in their teachings. They didn't change because I was in the room. They taught the word of God, shared the gospel and she gave her life to the Lord. She also said she was ripe to hear the gospel, if you would, because if you remember, those who were here last week, she talked about how her brother passed, 9-11 uh, had happened, and other things. So um, death, afterlife, other things were on her mind. Powerful, powerful things. Vessels of God. That's what you and I are. Tools. But here's the thing. Tuesday, I was trying to work on the bathroom and I couldn't get the stupid hose off. If you guys know anything about those hoses, they're, um, they're pressurized hoses. So like um, you can unscrew it and screw it and it, it just works if it's plugged in right and it doesn't if it's not. For some reason, it was super tight. I couldn't get it off. I had, here's the thing. I went out to the garage. I got a bunch of uh, different wrenches and, and uh, vice grips and stuff. I still couldn't get it off. My father comes and goes, psh, 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 and, and gets it right off. And I'm like, I loosened it for you, fool. Like, like, you know, like, it was super easy. 
went and got the other one from Home Depot, came right back, put the new one on, literally a couple of minutes, if that, and done deal, except for the water damage and now. Some of you guys know that Josh's dad is a master craftsman. He actually built the sound booth there and stuff. And whenever he, he built like our shelves in the closet, he built the shelves in the snack bar and different things for us, him and Josh and a bunch of the guys helped, but built the, the wall in the um, junior high room. Whenever I talk to Todd, he'll say things like, oh, we could do this, do this and do that. Oh, it's easy. But have you ever watched a do-it-yourself video? And they're like, oh, how to build a cabinet for your house or how to build, you know? And you do that, and I'm like, I don't have any of those tools. And some of those tools I've used before, and when I try to use a saw like that, like it goes like this, and he just seems to go straight across, and, you know, all these things, I'm going, I can't do that. And for Todd to say, oh, it's easy, you could do it like this. I'm like, Todd, you've been woodworking your entire life. And this is what you do for a living. You are a master craftsman. He's, he's excellent. And for you, it's easy because every day you're handling these tools. Every day you're, you know, doing these things. For me, I don't do them. I don't, I, some of them are never done. I don't know what I'm doing. So for you to say it's easy makes sense. For me, I'd be like, uh, how does this work? <laughs> like, what do you do with this thing? I don't know about you, I'm the kind of like, it, when I'm screwing in a screw or unscrewing it, I seem to strip them all the time. Like, you know, I'm like, wait, why? I thought I did it right. All of a sudden, like, anyway, I, I mess it up. <laughs> but God, when we see our lives in the hands of God going, wow, Lord, by simply being available and allowing you to use me, Amazing things can happen. And instead of feeling like I'm not uh, Pastor David or I'm not somebody that, you know, is well-known in the churches and stuff and I can't lead worship like Hillsong or Maverick City or someone else, but Lord, you want to use me. You want to use me for your glory. You want to use me and I want to be used by you. And he's like, yeah. And here's the coolest thing. More than like leading worship in a stadium or something, you know what's rad? When your best friend comes to Jesus, when the people close to you on your sports team, when the people in your school, when the people you hang out with all the time come to Jesus, and you're like, and now your best friend can say, I'm eternally grateful for you. Isn't that amazing? Like when people that are in your life already and you invest in them and they come to Christ and, and, and they're like, man, thank you. Thank you for giving me Jesus. Thank you for loving me and all this other stuff. This is the exact thing that Paul was trying to do with the Corinthian church. With all the people that he ministered to, he's like, I love you guys. I want you to have hope. But notice he says, one of the things that was his hindrance was this thorn in his flesh. Now, this thorn in his flesh, we don't know exactly what it was because it doesn't tell us. Some believe it possibly to be an illness. Some believe that he might have had like a malaria or a malaria fever type thing ongoing, off going. Uh, some believe he had diseased eyes, uh, different things. Some think it was simply a, a demonic attack. Um, we're not sure. But he said he had this messenger of Satan that God allowed 
Paul to have this thing in his life where he says in verse 8, I asked the Lord to take this from me, and he didn't. The Lord was with me, though, through this thing. And I love the fact that the Lord tells him and gives him the security, Lord. He says, Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in your weakness. In other words, rather than coming around and saying, hey, you guys, like we're going to do all this stuff, in all humility and the grace of God and the love of God, Paul was able to go around and do the ministry that God had placed before him. And I, I think about that because, you know, when I was your age, I played hard. And, and now I, I feel it. You know, I get migraines almost weekly lately. I have a bad neck, shoulders, all that stuff. Uh, last week, my hips have been killing me. I'm like, so funny. But I, I'm like, oh, I went surfing anyway. I've been trying to go to the gym and exercise and be healthy. But here's the thing, like, Lord keeps me going. And it's, I love it. I love the fact that he gives me energy to go another day. And, and the fact is, is like, God has plans, and I believe that. And Lord, I want to be a part of those plans. Lord, I want to be used by you. You know, it's interesting because when he says, I pleaded with the Lord three times, he didn't try to combat this on his own strength, but he called upon God, God, deliver me, God, heal me, God, be my strength. And his answer from the Lord, I don't know exactly of how he got this answer. Like, was it audible? Was it just in how? But somehow God told him, my grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in your weakness. And so in this, what we see is that God was there with him through his trials. Isaiah 43 verse 2 says, When you go through deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. Listen, in other words, when you feel like you can't keep going, God's going to give you the strength to keep going. And this is the thing that's powerful because... It's at that moment where you're going to see the grace of God moving and, 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 and changing and transforming your life. It's at that moment that you're going to see how much you've matured in your walk with God, where you're going to see like, wow, Lord, I did trust you and I'm trusting. I'm learning to trust you. Before, it would be easier for me just to give up, to walk away. See, Paul's weakness caused God to receive all the glory. Ephesians 3.16 says that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. And remember with me in Philippians where he said, like I've learned to have and I've learned to not have, and all this I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And so when we look at these passages of scriptures, Paul was desperate in his desire to find relief from his burden. And yet God said, listen, I'm going to use you just as you are. This grace, God's grace was poured out into his life. Notice it says in verse 10, Therefore I take pleasure in all these things, for when I'm weak, then I'm strong. Listen, I really believe that you and I will find strength in and from the Lord when we just simply say, Lord, I, I can't, I can't. Again, remember in the beginning when I said, if you ever laugh when things go, keep going bad and here's another thing and here's another thing and here's another thing? 
Because I don't know about you, for me, when I think of these things breaking and the wall breaking and other things, like I don't just think about them needing to get fixed. I think about the payment for them to get fixed. And then I think about the time for them to get fixed. And I think about how is this going to work out when contractors like to come in the morning. But uh, my wife and daughters, like this morning, I, I'm getting up to, to get dressed and come to work and they're just going to bed. They're just getting uh, to bed and going to sleep because their sickness has caused them to be on a different schedule. So how do I, like, how's that all going to work out? God's like, I got you. I'm like, okay. For example, like that day the, the garage broke and I had to leave. I call this guy, this garage uh, repairman that uh, Dave Bustamante, one of our staff members, knows. He gives me the number, I call him, and he's like, oh, I can fix it, I'm sure. He comes over to the house, fixes it, and he goes, okay, 25 bucks. I'm like, wait, what a minute? What? Like the springs were broke, the cables broke off, the garage is like, you know, like 20, what do you, he goes, oh yeah, I had a spare, like I just threw it up real quick and fixed it and it's working fine, tested, it's all good. And I'm like, no, like let me give you money for the parts, like no, no, just pay me for coming out, <laughs> it's 25 bucks, I'm like, like let me give you a hundred bucks, like come on, like it's not right, like there's no way to, you know, he's like, I got you. And then you just cry sometimes because you're just going, what? Like, that's not how it should work. Like, I know it cost him more than that. But God, because when I can't do it, God's like, I got you. Sometimes it costs a lot more. Sometimes it costs, you know, I mean, sometimes you got to pay, you know? So, and then even then you see God provide. And, and so what I'm saying is, for you and I, I really believe that Paul, who's trying to share with the Corinthian Christians that, listen, I still pointing out Christ in me. Christ in me. That is how I got to where I am today. Christ in me. And for you and I, I'm going to tell you, when you allow Christ in you, can you imagine? Again, if you weren't here last week, I, I really want to say you missed out. Patty now travels the United States, even the world, sharing her, her story. This isn't what she planned for her life, to travel the world sharing her story. She was an airline stewardess. She was an athlete. This wasn't what she desired, but God had other plans. How amazing is it to get up and share like I don't know if you guys understand to share what she shared and be so vulnerable that's not easy for people but God but God where God says Patty I want to use your life to help other people in their lives I mean gosh I learned a lot last week from her and her story and how she handles things and relates to people and other I was like wow this about wow the way she said certain things and the way she worded answers and things, I'm like, oh, wow, Lord, that was good. I like that. I want to, I need to change the way I respond to people. God took someone who was broken and brought healing and says, I got big plans for you. Got big plans for you. And I really believe that God has big plans for all of us. Here's the thing. The big plans, they're not 
big plans in the sense always of what, like, God's going to use you to speak at a crusade or something. The big plans, your friends on your sports team that don't know Jesus, God's going to use you to share His love, His grace, and mercy with. And they might not even come to Christ right then and there, but they might later because of you. Because you planted seeds and you told them that God loves them and all this other things. You invested Christ in them. And you let them know, like, and you might be like, oh, but who am I? I'm nobody. Exactly. But Christ in you. But stop having some pity party like I'm nobody and start being somebody. You're a child of God, and as a child of God, you have a message. And that message is powerful. And that message is what speaks truth. And those words that of truth can be coming out of your mouth if you let them. And you think, oh, I'm not adequate. I'm not a good speaker. Neither am I. And if you guys know the story, like Josh Collins, he has learning struggles and disabilities. But he's amazing. He's a great teacher. He, he reads a lot. He writes a lot. But if you know him, those are his weaknesses. And again, I, I don't think he'd mind me saying that. But Christ in him. One of the things, you know what's crazy? Last service, let me ask you guys this. When you see Christ and somebody like Josh, how many of you guys have ever had a high five from Josh Collins? <laughs> Almost that whole room, right? <laughs> Last service, it was everybody too. Isn't that cool? That's Josh, right? High five. He'll walk around the room high fiving everybody. Hey, man, hey, man. But he wants you to feel like you're, like he saw you. He doesn't do that for any other reason that he just, that's him. And I love it. And I love it because he makes people feel welcome and accepted and apart. It's powerful. Everybody raise their hand. Almost everybody raise your hand. It's powerful. And I love it because Christ wants to do something amazing through you. Through you. For your friends, family, whoever it might be. And so when you feel inadequate, doesn't, that's okay. You say, Lord, but here I am. Use me. Even in my inadequacies. And here's one of the things I'll tell you. Just like the story of Todd and the tools and me with the tools, you get better with use. Right? Get better with use. You'll learn how to do it better, use these tools better if you use them more. So you want to share your faith? Better? Then share your faith. And the more you share your faith, the better you'll be. Things you'll learn to do, You'll learn things what to say. You'll learn things what not to say. You'll, you'll learn how to approach people and how not to approach people, right? You know, there's things that you could do and you'll learn to do them. And here's one of the ways you learn, by making mistakes, by making mistakes, you know, and, and have to figure it out. Like, I don't know if you guys have ever done this. Like, I um, recently was helping somebody cut baseboard and we were, you know, but one of the things you have to, Figure it out, okay, the angle. Okay, you got to make sure you get the right angle for this corner. But it's like, okay, you got to, we had to tilt the table saw. We had to do these things and we had to turn the board and to make sure that it was like, okay, wait, it's going up to this end and we got to make sure it faces this way. And it, I mean, it kind of is it, simple once you get the hang of it. But in the beginning, you got to kind of figure out and make sure the cut's right. You got to make sure the angle's right. You got to make sure it's, it's going to fit that corner. Because you can either cut it too long, too short, whatever, and you got to make sure that you do it right to fit the walls that you're putting it on. 
And it was cool for me to learn with my friend Jeff, who was helping. And I mean, he was doing all the work. I was really his gopher. But like, I learned a lot. I learned a lot. I learned how to use that saw. I learned how to, you know, look at these angles and how to measure. Because it wasn't just measuring from wall to wall, because it's, if you did that, then you might cut it wrong. You might cut it too long. You might cut it too short. And it's, but here's the thing. Jeff, he's good at it because he's done it a lot. And so he was able to teach me, and I was able to learn as I watched, as I studied, and as he equipped me because he's been equipped. And so here's the thing. Learn from people who've done it. Learn from people who are doing it. Then you do it and keep doing it, and you're going to get better at it. And that's going to build your confidence. And so our confidence is in the Lord. Lord, I might not be adequate. I might not be the best. Might not be the healthiest, but Lord, in my weakness, you make me strong. May that be true of us.